Welcome to the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast brought to you by the Blue Collar Barbarians Network. And today we got another guest for you. A very, very special guest today. A good one for you, if you will. Kyle Coots. Kyle Coots is a superintendent. He's went to the dark side on us. Yeah, went went to the dark side. Took the leap. You took the leap. But what you did is you uh you you've made the jump. And one thing we I really appreciate about you taking your time to come and talk to our audience today is that you've you uh, made the jump into leadership. And one thing I really want is for our audience to have value come from somebody that's done it. Yeah, yeah. And somebody that's in a position of leadership, because one thing that we'll get into as this show goes is we'll discuss like what, from a leadership standpoint, that you think that people could do to stand out more and yeah. to bring more value to people like you yeah. so that they could have that opportunity. But before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, we have been working very hard to bring you giveaway items. We got this little ridge belt right here. We got holster gator clips. We got Gerber knives. We got Ridge water bottles and Yeti coffee cups. We have a ton of different gear to give away to you, the listener. All you got to do is follow the show. Wherever you're following the show, follow along, and there will be special instructions. We are going to streamline this and put it into a page on the podcast website where all you got to do is fill out the little information, little capture information, and boom, you're entered. We want to give you guys this gear. We have worked hard to come to with companies like True Work and Dry Duck and Gerber, like all these different companies we've put together literally with nothing to ask, just to give, to bring you value, to help you uh, elevate yourself within your career, to encourage you to That's listen cool. and consume stuff to elevate That's themselves cool. within their career. So, we got a lot more big things coming. Maybe a generator. Maybe for somebody. I'll but like that. Yeah, there we go. So, please like, subscribe, follow. Do all the little things. You know, all the little ding, 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 ding. Follow that. Turn your subscriptions on. And uh, just do us a solid. And share this with somebody that you know is going through it. Share this with somebody that you know is trying to get more out of life. Because... One thing that we have done is bring you guests like Kyle, our special guest today, that we want literally to do nothing but to serve you to help you get better, right? And that's where we're at with this show. So diving in, I'll digress from the giveaway, watch for them, lots of big stuff to come. But diving in, Mr. Kyle Coots, thank you so much for being here today, man. Thanks for having me, man. This is cool. I'm, I'm I'm not used to this kind of thing, so it's, it's pretty cool. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, we appreciate it, and we appreciate your time. Um, what I want to dive right in, dude, because you're a goldmine of doing it, yeah. right? Like we bar we basically we briefly discussed this, but you have made it from crew to foreman to general foreman to now superintendent. You've climbed the ranks. You've been in the mud, literally, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> with the people, and you have a ton of value, and you've been through some hard stuff, which we'll cover. Um, tell us about your background, man. Dive in. Oh, man, where do I start? I, uh, You know, high school was a big party for me. I, uh, I didn't really apply myself like I should. Um, it's kind of a goofball, uh, class clown, if you will. Yeah. Um, after high school, I didn't have any plan, no plan whatsoever. I... Uh, you know, I thought myself, like, maybe I should go to college. So, so I did a, I did half a semester, made it half a semester in, in community college and realized it just was not for me. So um, that's when I decided to try construction. My stepdad uh, runs a steel fab shop out in Sandy where I live. And so I started there, and uh, I just wasn't working out, didn't like it too much. So I started at a cabinet shop started doing some fine woodworking and really, really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, I, I really, I still enjoy that woodworking. Really? You know, I do. I do. Um, I don't get the chance to do it too much. Got a lot going on, but <laughs> it's definitely one of my passions. Um, after that, I, I decided to go move on to bigger construction, started, uh, building decks and fences and working on remodeling houses and new additions and, really kind of started to fall in love with building, you know, um, I, I just, I was not, I wasn't making any money, you know, I was, yeah. I was like 20 years old and, and, uh, 
you know, driving downtown Portland, um, you see all these big cranes and big construction going on and, and, uh, buzzers, I, beepers, yeah, lights, yeah, road you know, closed. just like a little kid at a toy star, toy store, looking at all the, the dump trucks and everything. And, and I just knew I wanted to do something big like that. And, uh, I just didn't know, I didn't know how to do it right. at all. And I was at, uh, my buddy's, uh, gosh, wedding party and, uh, his dad, um, who I knew my whole life, he's like, you know, what are you doing nowadays? And I told him and, he said, well, why don't you join the Carpenters Union? That's what I've been doing. And I'm like, Carpenters Union? What the hell is the Carpenters Union, you know? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, that next Monday, I went in and I uh, put my name on the books at the union. Got a call a few months later saying, hey, we, we opened them up. Come on down for a pre-interview. And um, I'm thinking, cool, this is, this is my chance, you know, and I'm going to go build houses and, and stuff like that and make a little bit more money, get some benefits going. And the pre the pre higher class interview deal the guy says welcome to the wide world of concrete i'm thinking to myself damn i i wasn't planning on doing concrete you know and um but uh i went for it anyway and uh jumped in head first and uh within the first three months i wanted to quit oh man i did i wanted to quit i didn't like working outside didn't like working in the weather first generation carpenter my my dad's a 40-year retired lineman, so it's, it's in my blood, um, right. but I just, I, I didn't want to do it. Everybody was an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, much. that's uh, the truth. Uh, but I, I, was, I, I started out on a tilt-up, and, uh, you know, a tilt-up. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> tilt-up's like what I've always said, and I've done a lot of them. Um, it's like three months of back-breaking work, literally, for like three days of glory, right? <laughs> you know, um, and I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know what tilt day was. And anyway, they bring in the big crane, and uh, we tilt these big, massive, 100,000-pound panels and fly them and set them into place, and I was hooked, man. I was hooked from that, that point forward. I, I knew I wanted to stick with it, stick it out, um, and I, I just kind of started really putting my nose to the grindstone, and that's kind of where it all started. So you uh – you were essentially doing finished carpentry or finished carpentry, excuse me, finished yeah. carpentry. Uh, you don't know this, our cameraman, he's a, a union finished carpenter. Okay, cool. He was until uh, he started his own company. Right on, um, right on. Yeah, a barbarian in his own right. Yeah, right? no kidding. <laughs> so he understands that lingo more than I do. I'll never understand why you guys like sawdust in your fingernails and all this glitter yeah. and stuff. But I'll digress. Uh, <laughs> you guys do there's an attention to detail and a touch there that comes with that. And I'm sure that kind of helped parlay you into now you're in the concrete world where it's yeah. just hammer, 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 it hammer, is. cut, ripping boards, yeah. pouring mud, dirty. Like you said, being out in the elements and the audience kind of knows this, but I do the crane thing too. Yeah. I done mobile. I absolutely hate tilt ups. I didn't know you came from a <laughs> tilt up background. Uh, yeah. The suicide panels is a real thing. Yeah. And, Every time you yank one of them things up, you're just praying to God it don't come a piece every yeah. single time. Mm -hmm. Super high stress. But I could see where uh, you're like three months of like, I want to quit. Mm -hmm. And then that day comes and I don't know what they built, but let's just say one of the 16,000s on tracks yeah. or something giant. And you're like, what is that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I mean, didn't know anything about cranes and it was, it was cool. It was yeah. Really cool. So then from there, what did you do? So you got into tilt-ups, um, and then you moved on, obviously, into high-rises, I'm guessing? I did. I did. I went down to, first high-rise was uh, Lad Tower um, downtown on, I think it's like 6th and Jefferson or something like that, right by PSU. And uh, I loved it. I got I got put on a core. Um, it was, I was still an apprentice, obviously, and got put in the core uh, and uh, climbing walls and clearing bar and stuffing ties and just boom, boom, boom. And after about six or eight floors, I was loving it. But uh, the company I was working for uh, had some more tilt-ups to do and uh, out in the Gresham area. And so so I went out there and did four more tilt-ups with them um, before. And the company was out of Washington. Right. And they kind of dried up down here. And uh, that's when I went to a different company and uh, started doing another high-rise. And, nice. and moved on from there. and. Went on and worked uh, on the old Oregon City Bridge refab. That was okay. pretty cool, hanging over the water and <laughs> and uh, having a barge crane and everything. And uh, that was that was really cool. I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, so what did you get when uh, you're saying you got to climb walls and stuff? Talk about what that was like. Scary at first, you know. Um, you're climbing. Uh, I did some, done some big walls, some 60-footers and everything. And uh, back back then, a lot of the time when you're doing big walls now, they, they really try to engineer out all the, the fall hazards and everything and throw you in, like, scissor lifts or boom lifts and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, today – a lot of people still climb, but um, back then it was that's that's pretty much all you all you did. You were climbing, and uh, you know I, I even think at that time you climbed to where you were working, and then you tied off. I think that's how it went. So, wow. so, it was so you kinda, didn't have the safety hook. Then. Well, I mean, I had my lanyard and everything, and and my, my positioning hooks, but you know you kind of climbed up ten feet and then you'd hook off. Whereas now, you know, you you get your feet up, get your feet above six feet. And and then you hook off, and then you continue to climb with the double lanyard, right? And yeah. um, so you know it was scary at first, and an apprentice climbing walls and having a journeyman yelling at you, telling you, "Hurry the hell up," yeah. you know. And um, and you just before you know it, the day's over. I mean, it doesn't matter what the weather's like; it doesn't matter snow, sleet, rain, high wind, whatever it is. You're you're climbing and you're working your butt off, and and uh, the days just cruise by, man, and um, it's uh, walls is probably my favorite thing to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Walls are cool. There, yeah. it is a different beast. It takes a yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, how many people get to say they're, you know, forty feet up on a wall, positioned off, and having a tower crane swing another panel in your face, and you're landing it, and you got your wall bags on that probably weigh, I don't know, upwards of sixty pounds sometimes, and um. I don't know, you just, you climb down at the end of the day or the end of your shift and you feel that sense of pride, like, man, I did something today, you know? Yeah. I, I really got something done and it's, uh, it feels good. It does. It does. Especially if you can approach it from like, uh, well, one, you're too busy to, to let like complaining and different shit like that yeah. affect you. Cause you're literally all day, your hands are in something, spinning wall ties, charging bar through the wall, yeah. whatever it is, doing little ties. Right. Um, and I speak to this from the sitting in the seat, watching right, it, right. And performing that work, not mm-hmm. necessarily time doing it all myself. But uh, when you have a good crew, you're right. It absolutely. Next thing you know, you're it's seven a.m. and you're tripping your first wall, and then next thing you know, it's two thirty a two thirty p.m. and mm-hmm. certain guys are cutting loose, and other guys are talking about now we got to stab columns or whatever the next you know whatever the next yeah. iteration or phase of the job is, and so then. Obviously, you got good at that, right? Like, yeah. what was your progression like then? So, at what point did you, like, let's let's talk about uh, just what was apprenticeship like as a whole for you? It was great. I uh, I learned a lot. You know, I um, a couple of the old guys I was working for, uh, they told me, you know, don't focus on one thing in your apprenticeship. You know, I, I like them talking to me. I know you love doing walls and stuff like that, but. But don't don't narrow your scope. Um, kind of broaden your 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 skill set. Get out there and and uh, maybe because I was general carpenter, so I could bounce back and forth. Um, whereas like EIS, they're they're kind of locked into steel stud and and sheathing and stuff like that. But I wanted to be able to do a little bit of everything, and so I started uh, I started. I mainly was doing concrete, but whenever I got the chance to do something different, I, I jumped at it, you know, and the companies I was working for, they didn't offer a whole lot of different stuff, but anytime there was any type of, like, a architectural wall or something where you really have to focus, and that, that kind of brought my passion back from the woodworking days and, and uh, really kind of doing, you know, a lot of the time with concrete, you're you're working with quarters of an inch and you, you don't really care yeah. if something's out a quarter um but then you do an architectural wall and it's got to be back down to a 16th or an eighth of an inch where you really got to make sure it's right you know and um so I, I i really started to broaden my my scope and and tried to learn a little bit of everything and uh then i journeyed out uh sandy high school in uh 2010 i think it was oh wow yeah um and uh I really, I really wanted to run a crew, um, and I think a lot of apprentices feel like that, like, oh, man, one day I want to run a crew, you yeah. know, and, and um, anyway, I got the opportunity shortly after that, and uh, it it wasn't really all it was cracked up to be at the time, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, 
you know, you're still working just as hard. Um, you're, the difference is, is you're, you're, you're trying to lead. And I had so many different leaders and, and when I finally got a crew, I didn't really know how to lead. I, 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 I mean, I, I just knew how to do the work. Right. And, um, so that's kind of when my, my mindset started to change and into, uh, you know, mentorship and, and trying to teach everything I know, you know, a lot of the journeymen I worked with, they, they teach me one little thing and one way to do something. And instead of saying like, you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, you know, like you find your, your niche and and the way you want to do things. And, And it's just like, so find your niche with the work itself, but then find your niche as a leader and, and, and figuring out how, how to lead a crew. Yeah. And, um, mine just, I kind of went down the path of being really communicative and, and personable with my crew, like knowing the makeup of my crew, like not just, yeah, this guy works for me, but, you know, learning about his background and his family and what, you know, not just asking them, how was your weekend, you know, like yeah. really trying to learn about my crew and, and develop that sense of brotherhood and or, or sisterhood, whatever you want to call it, all all uh, like and culture, uh, culture, yeah, exactly. And uh, it, uh, I, I felt like I found the right recipe to to lead. And um, you know, I, I wasn't a foreman the whole time since then. There was times where I was just back being a hand on a crew and everything. If I'd switch to a different company and. Um, but you would lead nonetheless, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, there's an important thing about leadership, or well, not about just leadership, but in general, I think that there's a mastery level here for our audience. Uh, when you teach something, that's when you truly know something. Yeah. When you can learn how to teach it, the reputation, the the reps and the repetitions it takes to teach and to think through thought and articulate, like, this is how I do this mm-hmm. what is when you're doing it almost a brain function at that point right yeah. i'm just doing this but to be able to figure out how to technically explain and teach and show uh that's to me like this is where you and i think a lot of people miss this but this is where you're getting the mastery level there's so many people that are um and i'm sure you see this a lot that are so job scared now yeah. that they're like oh, I'm not going to show him that. I'm not going to show him how to be more efficient or how to be faster at yeah. that. Or I'm not going to teach him my little trick I figured out with this. Because Hide the prints. Yeah, like I don't want to do that. Like figure it out yourself. That's how yeah. I had to do that. But you're missing an opportunity when you do that to when you teach, you're, to teach somebody. You're missing an opportunity to develop yourself more. One, not only as a leader and, and in your communication set, but also to like really wrap your head around your knowledge base and to really reinforce in your mind, it does something for you. I would say even subconsciously that just tells you like, I really actually know my shit, right? Like legitimately, if I can explain to you how to do this and then I can show you and then I can watch you perform it, then I wrap around like, Oh, I really do know this. And it actually makes me more proficient and efficient. Yeah. Because I've now explained this X amount of times. And I think there's a huge breakdown. Um, you're in a leadership position now, especially. But w- would you agree with what I'm going with this? Like, I, that, that's a missed opportunity for people. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, um, you you know, as a as somebody just on a crew and you have a, a, a foreman, um, you know, a lot of the time you just trust what the foreman says. You know, like, that's that's foreman says it. That's what I got to do, blah, blah, blah. But. But uh, if you take the time and you 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 get down on squat down and, and really show somebody how to do something, it helps your your crew develop a a sense of confidence in in their leader, in their foreman, or or whoever's teaching them um, that man, this guy really you know he knows what he's doing, you know, and mm-hmm. and I I trust him, you know, and, and and instead of having like a false confidence in somebody, you know, just like well. That guy's telling me how to do it. Um, I guess this is how I do it. You know, um, right. yeah. you know, like show them, tell them, tell them why. Explain, explain why you're doing it like this, and and uh, it, building the sense of trust and confidence for your crew to, that had to have that confidence in you. Um, that's a that's a big part of of uh, leadership, definitely yeah, for sure. And then like, it, it's also really cool that you figured that out 
right out of the gate when you said, you know, like I agree with you, a lot of apprentices come out and they're, they're ready to run the job. And this is not a shot at apprentices. Like, hey, you are, you're right. You Congratulations. You went through the process. You've journeyed out. You've done your time. You do most of the way. Know your shit. Yeah. Uh, if you can be honest with yourself, there's things that even in your position, you got to learn every day. Oh, there's things I've done. There's a thousand ways to set a column cage. Even yeah. though there's only three, there's a thousand yeah. ways to do it because in that moment, maybe that bar's bent just a little bit. So I got to lean into it a little bit more mm. on my swing with the crane or I got to, as I'm coming down trolley out to try to shift a little bit of overhead weight. So it doesn't snap little tiny detail. Yeah. Like I have to learn yeah. how to redo something I may have done at a mastery level, even at 10,000 reps. Right. Yeah, Definitely. So to be able to teach that to somebody and to expedite that and for you to figure that out, like at the beginning of running work is incredible. So for you guys that are listening that are in an apprenticeship or just recently got out or want to get an opportunity to lead, maybe you've been in a stagnant position for a couple of years, like take the opportunity to show those guys that need help with something, everything you got. Mm-hmm. show them you don't need to maybe go out of your way to teach them or take their hand and walk them to the water and cross the bridge and, right, right. and frolic but yeah. you, you do need care about them care yeah. about showing them like hey man i just want you to know that this will make your life easier yeah. and if you could do that like you said that building trust piece that is so huge we just actually talked about that on a the last episode with a guy cool. in, yeah. in the from a leadership standpoint it was building trust but uh let's talk about um so you then you were a foreman. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about like going from foreman to general foreman real quick. What what's that like? So you've been running crews. You've, yeah, you've built rapport amongst your men, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and now you're getting a culture going where your guys aren't afraid one to ask questions yeah. when they need help. So you don't have to. Uh, here's a bonus for you guys: if you can just ask questions and not have to re-perform the work, mm-hmm. it saves money, which makes you more valuable yeah. because you're not going back and doing stuff. So just take the second, ask the question, learn. That's a pro level tip for anybody yeah. that wants to stand out, mm-hmm. like do it right the first time so that we're not spending budget on fixes, essentially, yeah. Yeah. especially little ones. But uh, what was that like? You built a culture now, you got a team, now you're going from just being a foreman to where they're asking you to be a GF. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was odd. That I didn't, when it happened, I didn't, well, I, one thing you got to know is, is leadership, I think everybody, the job that they want to do, um, before they get that title, you're already doing that job. That's it. And you're doing it for a while, and you're thinking to yourself, like, man, I'm doing a lot more than I should be on paper, but, damn it, I'm good at it, and I can keep keep going. And, um, you know, when the opportunity comes, then, then uh, you know, take that next step. Um, I was working at a we, – we shifted. We were doing a lot of the company I'm with. Um, we were doing a lot of – big concrete right and uh 2019 i think it was uh we finished up a high rise and uh we went to a it was summer and um they pulled myself and another foreman in uh labor foreman and said hey listen we picked up this uh elementary school renovation and we got to do this school full (laughs) renovation and we have to have it done in 10 weeks and and we're like Okay, you know how how are we supposed to do that? And um and by the way, on top of that, there's not very much concrete on this. It's all wood framing. It's sheathing. It's uh, a lot of miscellaneous metals work and everything. And uh, so you're taking a bunch of concrete hands and you're throwing them in a school for a summer. <laughs> and uh, uh, we ended up having, gosh, I think twenty two or twenty five craft members, and we had our labor foreman and we had me. We split it up into to four different carpenter crews, and uh, but we didn't get another foreman. So we had four different crews doing four different kinds of work, and uh, the superintendent on the job was kind of new to the company um, and uh, didn't push to have another foreman come out. So I ended up running about, like I said, 15, 20 guys yeah. on four, three or four different crews, and um, it, uh, it, I mean, eventually got another foreman out there, but I was, I was doing GF work, you know, right. and, uh, and then COVID hit, things kind of slowed down. And then, um, I, I mean, I kept working, I got stuck in a healthcare job and 
was, it was not my cup of tea, <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty slow pace and everything. And, uh, and then we, we also had a big job at Nike going on. Um, but the concrete was all done and everything. And now it was up to my company's self perform team, mm-hmm. uh, to do all the, all the extra stuff, all the, the change orders, all the, all the stuff that Nike came in and, and wanted to add and stuff like that, you know? And, and so, um, then again, I was running uh, multiple different crews and, um, that's kind of how I fell into the GF spot, you know, and, uh, did, did some small tenant improvement jobs, not as a superintendent, um, just as a, I was doing superintendent work, right. coming back to that again, but yeah. I wasn't a superintendent and I didn't really want to be like, I, I didn't, I didn't at that point, I didn't want to take that step. I, I wasn't, I was capable of it. Sure. I knew I was, and I, I just, I wasn't ready to make that leap and, and, uh, stop running crew. Right. Like that was like one of my favorite things to do is run a crew, teach the guys up. Nothing better than getting a, a fresh green apprentice that doesn't know anything and molding them and teaching them and making them like a, a stud carpenter, you know, right. um, it's like my favorite thing in the world to do. And, uh, taking that leap to superintendent, I don't get to do that so much anymore. I'm still a leader still, but I, as far as like the, the minute by minute teaching a guy down in the mud, um, it's, it's not a thing anymore for me. And so, but now I'm, I'm kind of overseeing the project and, uh, making sure that's successful, but, uh, that's kind of, kind of the steps I took. And, and then, uh, just recently, um, the last six months I decided to take the leap and, and, uh, go with salary and get the truck and, and run a project instead of running crew. So leadership hasn't gone away. It's still, still a big part of the work, but, um, it's a different kind of leadership now. No, it, it is. And like, first of all, congratulations. That's Appreciate a big, it. that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Earned. Yeah. That's what comes to mind when I hear your story. It's, that was earned. That wasn't, and you didn't even want it at first <laughs> until mm-hmm. finally, but you did what was best for your family yeah. and for you. And that did never apologize for that yeah. to any yeah. of those guys. Quite frankly, how many of those guys that doubted you are where you are now? Yeah. How many of those guys with that piss poor attitude that talk trash about that kind of leadership mm-hmm. are still working? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, my body's breaking down too. <laughs> like, I mean, doing concrete for almost, almost 20 years, you know, 15 years, uh, it wears on you big time. Yeah. And there's still guys out there that are, 60 years old that are still wearing wall wall bags and yeah. still doing it and and uh i i feel like i'd be capable of doing that but uh i wanted to i didn't i thought i'd be better suited you know using the knowledge i built to to run projects instead of continue to climb the walls i, I feel like i owed it to my teachers and my mentors as much as I owed it to myself to, to give it a shot, you know? Well, it's not just that, man. Like, let's call a spade a spade, too. Like, your capacity to serve people is greater now. Yeah. You can actually now, all the things that you didn't have control of mm-hmm. as a foreman or a GF, you do now. Yeah. Like, you can genuinely care about how somebody is laid off or who's brought on yeah. or what leader you're assigning to run said work Mm -hmm. right what foreman who gets that move up you get to constantly now evaluate and like legitimately help people progress in their career beyond what you could have just teaching the work right which is not a teaching the work is it is rewarding there is something now i'm not a carpenter i won't pretend to be nothing like that but in the crane world like there is something real cool about like showing a guy and teaching him like some of your tricks to like watching this guy now where he's proficient and he's fast and he's and you've worked underneath the hook there's a huge difference between a a guy with experience Mm -hmm. and a green tower hand right like and so to be able to teach a guy to be able to translate like his thoughts into his control inputs into like where now i'm watching they're there i'm getting phone calls from carpenter foreman Mm -hmm. and different people like hey dude this guy is banging out columns he's banging walls like da da da. it's like i hear those stories now and it brings me pride to think like that was you know 35 minutes on a phone with the guy explaining to him how I yeah. do this, how to use emotion in your favor. So, like, dude, you made the jump what effectively can 
really serve people in a, in a different capacity. Some people call it the dark side. But yeah. what you did is you set your family up. You put yourself in a position. You've thought about your well-being, like physically speaking, like that is a smart move. And then also now, like you want to talk about like the full circle, like that real impact of getting to help people, like yeah. which we're going to do in just a second here, three questions and some other things, but like get to where they can actually move up the ladder. Yeah. You have to move in a leadership position up if you want your guys to be able to come up. Yeah. There's only so many of those slots. Yeah. And they're only for the hungry. So it's either you get it knowing what you know and knowing that you truly care. Yeah. Or it goes to somebody else that might care less, might not know as much, but somebody is going to get it. Yeah. So why not be you, right? Right, right. You know, and uh, lead mentorship and leadership it's not it's not always linear it's yeah it's not always down yeah. downward you know it's it's also it's also sideways and up you know you can mentor and lead everybody around you you know and uh it's it's just one of those things that you know it comes back to everybody's always learning um yeah you can't you can't ever stop learning you know, um, no, when you do, dude, uh, I, I have this thing. I say, uh, if it ain't grow, if it don't grow, it goes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yep. the top, this is another thing I say, and this is like a mantra or something. This is just something I think as I'm working, as I'm progressing, as I'm chasing these wild, ambiguous dreams in mm -hmm. my mind. Right. And I'm running them out and manifesting. And yeah, uh, I think about like the top is where you stop. Yeah. Well, like legitimately yeah. where you go to die is wherever you stop climbing. Yeah. And that could be a salty old hand, which we know. Right, right. Or it could be a general superintendent. It could yeah. be a CEO. It could be, where is the top? What is the top? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because the system, it doesn't, it's not going to help you go. Yeah. You got to want it. Yeah. Right. And there's a thing to that. And I want to back up because you've been through something unique. And I know this is a little bit tough, but we talked about it a little bit beforehand that we thought there's value is, um, uh, listen, like, a big part of this show for me is in, I want, like, why we started this show, why this team started this show is, I want to see people win. Mm -hmm. And everywhere I look, everywhere I look right now, dude, our brothers and our sisters, they're hurting. Yeah, they are. In 2019, there's money falling off the ceiling. Yeah. You could shake a column and money would fall off yeah. the top of it. Like, you literally, I could quit tomorrow and go here. I could... Yep. Call out by name for this guy. This superintendent called me up. Hey, you want to come do this building for me? Yeah. Let's come. And now things that the current <laughs> the current environment has changed. Yeah, big time. And it's not all smiles. It's not all like I just need a warm body. It's everybody is hurting. Yeah. Not just financially, emotionally, stress. There's things going on. And you went through something pretty impactful. And I and I just want to this I want to speak to the guys that are in leadership roles, especially, and then to the guys that are trying to take those steps to become leaders or lead through their actions, like yeah. you said, before you even get the title. Um, you were working with an apprentice, and you're, like you discussed earlier, your, your unit, and, I, and I've worked with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I've been in the sky above yeah. you, yeah. and I've seen how you guys work, and it was fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of shit. Yeah. But... Yeah. It was laughs, it was fun, it was nobody's, yeah, there's a moment to choose somebody's ass, but then there's a moment to, like, we're back at it. Yeah, and we're yeah. just, we're bouncing column forms and stripping walls, that's what we were doing, right, right, ironically. Right. But um, you had, knowing, like, how much you care about your guys, as you stated, um, you had something where, as a leader, you had a guy commit suicide. I did, yeah. And, one, I want to, I want this to be very loud to our audience, you are not alone if you guys are hurting or you guys are going through it take a look around you like there's a lot of us all of us are hurting all of us have our own struggles it's not always picture perfect like you are not alone i cannot stress that you are not alone people care reach out for help two what i want to cover with you and we don't have to go super in depth with this or nothing like that and no names obviously but i, I want to talk about because that is something that, how do you pull your team out of hard? Yeah, that was tough, man. Yeah. 
I can only imagine, especially when you really care from a leadership standpoint, right? So like you said, you now know your guys. You This individual was a bubbly, very happy person. Um, yeah. So one of our mutual friends, Brando, a previous guest, he actually knew him as well. And mm-hmm. he said he was like one of the coolest cats. And it came out of nowhere, right? Like where somebody's struggle just was too much. It did. It did come out of nowhere, man. Um, in hindsight, though, but I, I think to myself, did it? You know? That's that was the other thing. Uh, he was he was a, uh, and I I'm just gonna be honest. I might get a little choked up. Uh, he uh, he. And for anybody who knew him, um, he was a a big uh, a big personality. Um, everybody everybody loved loved him, yeah. and uh, he uh, was pretty known in the the Portland community and the Portland sober community as uh, everybody called him Sober Snoop. Yeah. He had like five years clean and uh, was below the bottom and uh, got clean and, and uh, started a career in, in the Carpenters Union and everything. And um, he was doing great. He had a, he had a wife and he had a kid. And uh, uh, they, they had him in health care for most of his apprenticeship. And he kind of got pigeon, pigeonholed into health care. And uh, in health care, you're not, you're not learning. You're not going back to it you're not getting to broaden your skill set very much right you know and um i was uh running a healthcare job um ironically enough at the the hospital my wife works at okay. and uh so we were we were just doing a gosh it was like some sort of cath lab uh renovation or something and um he was uh he was working for me and um he had actually just journeyed out and uh we we discussed it, and and I was about to, I was slated to go, uh, run crews on a, a, another concrete project out in Hillsboro, and I wanted to bring Sean with me, and um, he uh, he was really hesitant. He's like, I, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to perform as a journeyman, at a journeyman level, like I'm supposed to be. And I said, listen, man, it's it's all right. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get through it. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna teach you. I said. The, the best thing you got going for you is you want to learn it, you know? Yeah, and so uh, we had that conversation multiple times. Um, and then uh, it was a couple weeks out before we were supposed to go, and, and at the end of shift, we, we had a long, uh, gosh, it was like 45-minute conversation, and uh, it was about that, about him feeling like he wasn't going to perform, right? And, um, and I said, don't worry. Anyway, conversation ended. We, we bro hugged it out and I said, I got you, man. Don't worry about this. And, um, so we, we left for the day and then he texted me and he said, he said, Hey, we're starting at five tomorrow. Right. And I said, I said, yep, yep. Get some rest and everything. And he's like, yeah, cool, man. See you then. And, uh, a couple hours later, uh, his brother was also working for us and it was probably, I don't know, six thirty at night. And, uh, his brother texted me and he said, uh, <clears throat> he said, my brother took his own life tonight. And uh, I, f- I lost it. Yeah. I really did. And uh, I had to make the calls to my leadership and uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag, if you will. And uh, it's like the our operating group here in Portland is really tight knit. And, um, when the news hit, it was just, God, it it was so tough. Everybody on every job site in Portland for our company, everything came to a stop and just disbelief, right? Like what happened, you know? And, um, a lot of us are still asking those questions like what happened, you know? And, and you can look back on it, on it and, uh, in hindsight and, I don't know if this is me making up scenarios in my head or whatever, but that bubbly personality and that, that really outgoing person, looking back on it, he wasn't there anymore before he, before he committed suicide. Um, and I, I didn't notice that until after it happened. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't coming into the office and, and chopping it up and having a conversation like he used to. And uh, come to find out, he, he he was really close with his wife. And um, he used to, 
every day on break or lunch, he'd FaceTime his wife and his daughter and everything and um, found out after the fact that he, he had stopped doing that. He wasn't calling his wife at work anymore. And and um, so uh, never know what's going to what, – what happened and where, why he got to where he got. Um, but, you know, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. Um, sure. And uh, and made a whole bunch of mistakes, and, and I pulled myself out of it uh, after several tries. And um, I got through all the stuff that I messed up. And um, the reason I say that is because I came back from all those mistakes, you know. And um, some of those mistakes I still pay for. Sure. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, because I'm, I'm I've moved on, and I'm a different person now. Um and uh, he obviously, well, let me let me say also, I felt the way that he was feeling in the past. Like I, um, at least I feel like I I did. I feel like I was, I had a couple times in the past where I felt like I I just can't do it anymore. Right. You know, this is just too much. Um, luckily for me, by the grace of God, I I I pulled myself out of it, and um. I faced everything head on, and I got through what I uh, put myself through. And he uh, he obviously didn't get there. He um, he didn't he didn't reach out, and I don't know if I don't know what happened in his head. I don't know what what decisions or things that happened that got him to that point. One thing I do know, though, is if he would have talked to me about it, um. I would have stayed in that office for hours upon hours, and I would have discussed anything he wanted to talk about with no judgment. Right. You know, because because it's – I don't even know where to go with it, but I, I do know after that um, I kind of – not through – obligation but almost kind of through me being so close to it I knew that I had to help everybody else out and like you know talk about it and and be open about it and um it it took a while but uh we we have he is never he's still on our crew man like he's right. still there everybody knows about him we we uh discuss mental health quite a bit um at, at at my company, um, and so much so that when we do onboarding with our carpenters and laborers, um, a big part of that onboarding day is going over mental health, and we talk about this individual, and um, we tell that story because it's it's raw and it's real, and um, it needs to be talked about. It does. Know? There's so, power in pain. Yeah. And I hope he found the peace that he was looking for at the end of the I day. I do too. I do too. I'm really sorry that you guys went through that and you experienced that. That is tough. It, it um, was tough. I have a bunch of veteran friends. I'm a Marine Corps veteran mm-hmm. myself. And uh, the suicide thing that they say it's 22 a day, but the real numbers are like 44 or something a day. So there's times like I think back to, I was a lot in a different space. I was more callous. My mind was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's times where you get a phone call after being out for like a year you hear about a guy and you go, oh, he's gone now. Oh, this yeah. guy's gone now. It yeah. was like, man. Like out of nowhere too, right? And like, yeah. I didn't have anybody that I directly mentored. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can recall do that, but I've seen the impact of it and, yeah. and the burden that it leaves behind on people. And that's why I want to stress to, again, to the audience, like reach out. If you need help, Please. say something, just talk. Like people are here for you. They care. Um, but what I want to touch on in briefly is like, so – how as a leader right like moving forward a little mm-hmm. bit as a leader like how do you pull a team back up like how do you pull your boots on after that like because there is you took the accountability obviously in the ownership i'll help you out here a little bit yeah because that's what you did you one you didn't eat it and let it consume you yeah you dealt with it right? yeah. that's super important but as guys like for your advice to guys getting in in leadership roles or in stagnant positions, like like I said, our people are hurting. Yeah, yeah, they it are. It doesn't mean just mental health wise, but they're just literally hurting right now. 
how can people, how can you make it better? You know, how do you pull together through a hard time? Yeah. Um, for me, it was, uh, we, we, like I was saying, we have a really close knit, uh, operating group in Portland. Um, and, uh, when you, when you work with somebody day in and day out and everything, and you learn about that person and their, their life outside of work and, um, you know, you develop that friendship and, um, uh, you, you may not realize it, but you can, you can recognize the cues, you know, like, I mean, how many times you go to work and you're like, man, John's in a bad mood today. (laughs) He's in a rough mood. If you ask the guys in this room, they'd probably tell you every other 10 minutes or something. It just depends what version of me you catch. Um, (laughs) But, you know, uh, instead of just being like, oh, he's in a bad mood, let's avoid him or whatever, uh, you just got to talk to him, you know, and you don't have to, like, you know, hunker down and say, how are you doing today? You know, it's it, it could be as simple as, like, hey, man, what's going on, dude? Like, yeah. I get it. Like, I can tell you're, you're stressed out, and, and I know you got this going on and everything, but but are you good? You know, and, and, and mean it. You know, not don't just ask it because, you know, you, I don't know. Be sincere. Yeah, be sincere with it, and 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 um, and you know, a lot of the times, a lot of people won't want to talk about whatever they're going through, and that's fine. They don't have to talk about it, but but knowing that they can talk about it, and and telling somebody like, listen, dude, like you tell you're in a bad mood, you want to talk about anything, you let me know. Um, I'm here to talk. No judgment. Yeah. Um, just just you know, reach out. You know, and it doesn't have to be at work. You can call me after work. You can ask me to go have a beer or something after work, and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm really struggling right now. You want to you want to chat for a minute?" Absolutely. Yeah, and and then you also like I think it's important to capitalize that not, uh, and I'm sure we know people on the other end of the spectrum, but not all of your leaders are out to get you. No, they, not all of them will sink you at the first opportunity right, that right. they have. Actually, sometimes being vulnerable to people I've found actually makes people respect you more. Agreed. And when you're able to open up with somebody and they see this real element to you, like they might know you as a hard charger. They might know you have a bit of an attitude some mm-hmm. days or maybe yeah. you're young and you still got things. You're, but the amount of grace that is there when you can show your leadership mm-hmm. And this is for especially somebody going through something right now. If you could show your leadership that you have a human element of like, hey, I'm not saying come and cry or whine about yeah. everything. They don't need to know that you're upset that gas went up and stuff like that. But they do care that your dog of 10 years died. Yeah. They do care that your kid has to have surgery. They do care that you're barely making it. Yeah. There's a human element to all of us. Yeah. Like we all have been there. We all know what it's like to like wonder, am I going to make it? Yeah. Am I, how am I going to pay my mortgage on at the first of the month? I haven't worked in four days and you guys are kind of doing this part-time thing for me. How can I, but if you make me aware mm-hmm. that gives me an opportunity, maybe I, as uh, the superintendent for this company can't give you work but maybe i do know a buddy that's doing some deck stuff on the side yeah yeah that had i known that you could have used a hundred bucks on a saturday Mm -hmm. i would have happily given you that yeah that resource right so there's a little bit of humility that's got to come from this but when you do that it also will deepen your ties and your bonds Mm. and you can't look at it like everybody is gonna get you yeah. You got to let go of that. That's yeah. a misconception. In, in real leadership, in guys like you that have come up, especially guys like you that have come up the ladder, that have started as an apprentice, as before an apprentice, doing pre-apprentice yeah. stuff, I'm sure, like to a, a working foreman, to a general foreman without his bags or sometimes wearing his bags when he's to now not wearing your bags, but the laptop, holding yeah. the laptop and yeah but still choosing those yeah. guys and putting the right people in place to teach and make sure yeah. that your team is successful like there is a power in knowing that those people are in that position also because they have the ability to change yeah, yeah. they have the ability to reconcile with you 
they've got there because they can overcome. So some of these people even like them, don't like them, call it whatever you want. Give them the opportunity to serve you. Yeah. And that's a lot of things I think a lot of people miss in leadership. Give them the opportunity to make right, yeah. to do right by you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's big, man. I do. Um, I want to get into in our last few minutes here. One, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's a tough conversation to have, but dude, people need to understand that uh, your one, your culture, mm-hmm. that, that's so important. That's one yeah. thing we keep coming back to is creating a culture. But uh, two, like that, I think it's really important for people to understand that your leadership cares. They are available, mm-hmm. and then that you can get through it. Yeah, you can. You can. But you can't swallow it. You can't swallow it. You got to face stuff head on, man. You you you, you can't. You can't sit, sit there and drown yourself in in your head. You can't. Um, you gotta. You gotta. As hard as it is, as hard as it is, to ask for help. After you do it, it feels a whole lot better. It sure does. It really does, and you realize, like, man, that wasn't even that hard to do. You know. And what the craziest thing is is sometimes when you ask somebody like about like whatever you're stressed about, mm-hmm. sometimes they'll be like, "Damn, that's a good question." Yeah. Oh wait, they don't even have that answer. <laughs> right. You know what I'm right. They you don't, don't have. That's the thing too is you don't have to have all the answers. No. You just have to be that that shoulder to that that ear for somebody to vent if they need to vent. You know. Um. So it's you don't have to have all the answers. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that applies to even on your skill set stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of the time, like dude, that, like I said, rigging stuff. How much? How much shit you think I've seen rigged? Oh man. I can't, I can't even imagine. tell you. Yeah. I can't imagine. But there's still times where somebody will ask me how to rig something. I had to think. It's not an automatic. I don't know. Let me. Hmm. Yeah. Let's try this. No, I don't like the way that looks. Okay. Uh, What about this? Oh, oh I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That actually, that will work. Like, yeah. yeah. yes, we might do this all day long. I might watch it all day long. But there's sometimes you just got to freestyle. Like, yeah. I may not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to. Then collaboratively, like, let's figure it out. And that's that problem-solution benefit, right? Yeah, yeah. Identify the problem, find the solution, and then the benefit is this. Like, And now your cohesion, Mm -hmm. right? I'm using big words, folks. Weird. But your cohesion now is there because that's a bonding experience that you have now with that individual. And I can tell you, and I'm sure you can because you build cranes and stuff like that, that uh, everybody that you – are in contact with is a part of the team mm-hmm. in some facet. And if you can build that where that cohesion where you're talking and you communicate and that gets good, that the whole day goes faster, your yeah. element's more productive. I mean, the phase of the job is... Yeah, yeah. And that's where the money is made, mm-hmm. right? Like, Absolutely. that's also how you can stand out, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, that's how you could take that mm-hmm. step. But what I want to cover with you our last few minutes, Kyle, and, and again, thank you so much for your time today, yeah. dude. Um, Glad to be here. Let's talk about... Now you've made the jump. Mm-hmm. You're in the dark side, yeah. right? No, you're in the leadership role where you're impacting lives. That's the way I look at yeah. that. You're doing what I want to do. I'm ready to be out of the seat. Mm-hmm. Full transparency. I don't want to die up there. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, yeah no, I've I only mean. been doing this 10 years, but 10 years is a long time, man. It is. I feel like I got more to give, yeah. you know, more yeah. than just that. And there is a lot more to it than just pulling levers and stuff like that. I, you know that. There's I a lot more to it. But I just feel like there's more. So what I want to talk to you about, and this is for other listeners, we'll say, well, it's for me, but it's not really for me, but for other guys is now that you're in this role. So what are things that people can do? Like, what are we missing as tradesmen? What's that we can do to make ourselves more marketable? How do we translate that and communicate that we want more? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a tough question i think uh i think you have to be at least for me um i had to accept that things are changing and you kind of have to be more of a a gel and be able to kind of adjust and and do things differently than you did 10 years ago you know 10 years is a lot of time in the construction industry and um you know you have to, people have to know that you're willing to shift things up on the fly. Um, you know, you have to be able to, let's take, let's take these hard hat helmets, for instance. Nobody wants to wear these damn things. Nobody wants to. No, I'm not but Dave Mira, dude. You can either, you can either just adjust and go with the flow and put the damn helmet on, 
because it's happening. It's not. It's not stopping. Like they're not, no no company's gonna be like you know what. Let's just go back to the old ones. But um, but that that's little. But I'm, I'm saying you gotta you gotta be able to to move in in uncomfortable directions. Like it's not always gonna be easy going. Um, you have to be able to be like, man, this this one's really gonna be tough, and be able to charge ahead and go through it and I mean, frankly make make mistakes and and but but still have confidence and and uh when you make a mistake don't just fall down and be like oh man what do I do now no figure out from that mistake what you can do to learn from it and how you can take that mistake that you made and and try it differently and go a different direction um and then another one is is and probably one of the toughest ones to learn is probably time management um you know when you're when you're running a crew you get hyper focused on on the the work and this is something that I've been trying to teach uh the foreman under me um for a long time now is is you're the foreman you're running that crew you can't be head down building a form or or building a wall, whatever you're doing, you have to be head up. You got to be watching everything around you, yeah. and you have to plan ahead, and and um, you have to know three steps ahead. It's like a game of chess and moving crews in the right directions, and and when to pull the trigger to tell this crew to go over here, and when to when to pull a couple guys off a crew and go help out another crew. Managing that time and 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 making those decisions is key, and it takes a long time to get there. Uh, but but once you start to figure it out, and it it really it really builds your confidence. I guess I, I yeah I I think it's a big deal. Time management is one of the biggest parts of our industry, um, and being able to be agile and in your direction that you're moving. Yeah, I really like that. All right, moving into the question format of this. Um, and thank you again for that knowledge. That was awesome. I really appreciated the last little bit that we just talked about, about how when you're ready to just become more aware of those two items in particular, right? Yeah. The time management and the other thing that you said was key. Um, and being able to perform the work mm-hmm. and, and being ready, yeah. like just showing that you're ready through your performance. But let's give our audience some gold, Kyle, because you did it. You made it, uh, you're in that leadership role, and this is the most valuable content I think that we could give these guys is from somebody. Like the biggest thing that we got to be able to do as tradesmen Mm. to accept feedback. Yeah. Honest to God. Failure is a feedback. Yeah. Okay? Criticism can also be a uh, feedback system. So to me, what I want to ask you is this is from somebody that's made it. Now, I understand that you could answer this as – a knuckle dragger. I yeah. get that. We've been there. But I want your opinion. This is for the guys that are trying to make the jump, that are jumping, that are stepping into leadership, right? Yeah. So I want like from I want a unique perspective from supervision. Okay. Yeah. Right? To these are things that can make guys more dynamic. So, first and foremost because this is this is the show, Blue Collar Barbarians podcast. What is a blue collar barbarian to you? Mm. just nose to the grindstone man somebody somebody who's hungry for for work and hungry for that next step the guy that always uh always is willing to do anything he is asked and be able to do it without complaint and just know that it's part of the process right um and 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 somebody who also um Somebody who can, who can adjust on the fly and be able to to. Oh man, I kind of messed that one up. I didn't know where I was going. No, you're good. Um, so you're saying about being able to freestyle? Yeah, being able to freestyle, but 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 somebody who can, who can. Really. Really put their head down and put in the work, and then be able to to go home at the end of the day. And and turn that off 
and be the, the whether it's a family man or what outside of work and be able to rinse, wash, and repeat and do the same thing the next day. I mean, we do the hard work day in and day out, and um, we don't get recognized a lot, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need that recognition, but but somebody who just keeps charging forward when when the going gets tough, man, that's that's blue collar barbarian to me. That is, and I think being able to separate church and state is absolutely yeah. Uh, yeah. That is absolutely what you said. There is fantastic. Uh, what can carpenters do specifically for the carpenters out there? What can they do to get a leadership opportunity? Mm. carpenter a carpenter can you have to be open to change like yeah i think i've said that a couple of times in different words but um you have to be open to change and you have to be willing to do stuff you don't want to do um you can't just i mean we got guys out there who who only want to do concrete and that's great um or who only want to frame walls or, or or hang drywall or whatever it is um if you want to to take the step into leadership, you at least have to have the ability to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could take sweeping a floor, for instance. You know, if 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 when the work's over and you're cleaning up or whatever, um, you and I both know there's guys on the job site that that don't want any part of that. They don't want to clean up. They they don't. They feel like they're above that. And in my opinion. I, I'm not above. I'm not above anything. No. Like I'll I'll grab a broom. I still grab a broom. Like I, you have to be willing to do anything if you're hungry to to lead and and also a part of being a leader is showing that you're willing to do any like you're willing to do that that grunt work and and uh, you have to you have to be willing to do anything. That's that's kind of what I feel if you want to go yeah. into leadership you have to make it known that you're willing to to switch things up so don't walk by trash don't walk by trash personal yeah. hygiene yeah. show up ready to work yeah yeah attitude yeah those little things yeah 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 um <laughs> here's one for you what so for you when you're evaluating your guys what stands out to you the most like when you're evaluating uh being on time oh that's okay. a big one that's one of my one of the things that grinds my gears and um kind of kind of rubs my crews the wrong way sometimes uh you know everybody's late every once in a while like hey you know I I screwed up I overslept the honesty thing's key too I don't want to hear some lame ass story about how you got a flat tire for the eighth time this year like it's just that doesn't happen you know yeah. um but everybody does have those times where 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 they're late um but oh, dude, I slept too long. But so yeah, sorry. yeah. If you once cool, I I get it. It happens every once in a while. But if it happens once or twice a week or something, um, when they text me in the morning and say, "Hey, I'm running a little late," I'll text them back, be like, "This is the second time this week for the same reason. Go ahead and stay home." Yeah. You know, they may not like it, but if 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 their time when when somebody's late, it's like saying. My time's more important than everybody else's time, which when you're working with a crew who needs you there and you're not showing up on time, it, it just kind of shows like they don't really care a whole lot. They're just, they're just coming when they come and go as they please type of deal. Um, so, so being on time is big. Uh, also honesty is big. Communication's big. Um, uh, willingness to learn. Um, being hungry, asking a lot of questions. Um, I love getting asked questions yeah. about the work. Like when you when you can see somebody asking the question of why are we doing this? Like I love explaining it. Like oh we're we're doing this. You know we're we're uh, pouring this footing right here so we can put temporary shoring on it so we can do the structural demo <laughs> and then we can pour the new concrete into it. And then make it a new part of the building. Like, explain what you're doing. Um, so those questions I love getting asked. So, so being on time, honesty, uh, communication, and and asking a lot of questions. Uh, those are those are all 
big in, in my evaluations. Hey, dude, those are gold. Yeah. Those are gold. And then the last thing I got for you is what would you do differently, if anything? Like a different trade? No, no, no. no. Different no. land leadership? Coming up, yeah. Just from from coming up, if there's one thing that you learned to getting getting where you're at now, mm-hmm. what would you do different to have set yourself up? Would you maybe have taken the jump earlier? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think I made the jump when I when I was ready. I I wouldn't change that. Um, okay. I uh, I think I gained gain a little bit of humility earlier on. Um, okay. Well, that's big, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, I because I I knew I was getting work done. I knew I could do do some stuff and hang in there with with the the big leagues and everything. Um, but uh, I probably was a little cocky in the beginning. Um, I, I wish I would have humbled up a little bit in the beginning. I mean, this is early, early on. Yeah, for um, sure. But uh, yeah, I'd probably gain a little humility a little earlier, and I think I probably would have made it farther a little sooner. Right. Yeah. The lessons learned, though. That's what yeah. the point is here with mm-hmm. this one. Man, that's a that's a great one. Humility, I think. Like I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. But that is one thing that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, I wish, because, like, when you know you got it sometimes in this, especially in a competitive environment, you know. Yeah, yeah. But to there's sometimes a, your ego gets away from you. Yeah, yeah. You there's know? a, there's a, a fine line between humility and confidence. Yes. You know, and uh, being able to walk that line um, is it's, it's tough to do, um, but but it's definitely doable. Um so, yeah, fine line between humility and confidence for sure. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, man, thank you so much. One, for sharing that hard story. Yeah. I know, I know how tough that was. Uh, really appreciate it. That's going to bring a lot of value to change. I, I hope it Good. changes a lot of people's lives. Uh, two, thank you so much for your time today to come down here. Uh, you're a busy man just like I am. But Yeah, thanks I, for having me, guys. Yeah. Appreciate this. It's been really cool. But, dude, this uh, this episode was chock full of just pure gold and grit. And Good. your information was, like, there was things that you were saying that I'm taking notes in my head the entire time, right? Like, just trying to, I'm actually currently trying to make the jump yeah. right now. Yeah. So, uh, as a crane operator, yeah. which is unheard of. No, it's <laughs> doable, though, man. Yeah, it's I definitely doable. It. So, uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with these guys. And I just want to congratulate you again on your recent promotion. And I know you're going to crush it. You do. You always have since I've known you. Yeah. And uh, thank you for, uh, more importantly, man, thank you for being a leader that's about it. Yeah, I appreciate uh, that. What you, the things that you shared in the, your approach, like in caring about your guys from a hand, uh, that means a lot. And yeah. I hope that people listening to this take this, uh, if they take anything away, it's that they know that there's guys like us that are up there, maybe a little bit higher up the ladder than mm-hmm. them, that we care. Yeah, definitely, man. That we care yeah. about you guys. So thank you again, Kyle. And this has been fun. And we'll see you guys all on the next show. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah.